Hey, Teddy. Hey, Nick. Do you remember those terrible Christian parody shirts? Nick, didn't we already talk about parody? Yeah, but Teddy, there's more. Oh, God. There's more? Welcome to Oh God, I Forgot About That, a podcast that explores artifacts from turn-of-the-century Christian culture. Today, we have another installment of Oh God, There's More, a quick segment where we chat about things that didn't quite fit into our other episodes. So, Teddy, uh, do you remember those terrible shirts? Yeah, sadly, I absolutely remember them. (laughs) Sadly, they will never not exist in my brain somewhere. They're constantly taking up space in my brain. I think what helps what helps me remember as well is that unlike some of the other artifacts we've done that have been kind of just isolated to our culture and then went away is that I still see Christian parody shirts around in the world. I mean, not I want to say maybe not as frequently as I did when I was in the church, but that's a stupid thing to say, because, of course, I'm not going to see them as frequently, but I'll still be out and about and see people wearing them. I still have like lots of church friends, like post pictures of their kids who are wearing like, you know, a Milky Way logo that's actually saying like God made the universe or whatever. So, right. Yeah, I still see them. Yeah. I had a I had a friend who had a Milky Way shirt that instead of Milky Way, it said narrow way. Oh, OK. And then it was <laughs> it had like whatever the verse was there. Yeah. So uh, that actually kind of brings us around to two of the main points I want to talk about today. We're doing a shorter episode, so I still have three points, but we're going to kind of breeze through them pretty quickly. So the first is that I, I want to discuss sort of the history of these shirts and and sort of like slogan shirts in pop culture at large. So what they are as a pop culture phenomenon and how they are as a Christian culture phenomenon. OK, uh, part of that. Uh, and the second thing is sort of the industry of Christian parody mm. wear and Christian like slogan shirts. And then finally, I want to like dive into a couple of these specifically and say what very, very little there is to say about these as cultural texts themselves. Um, so the first thing I want to uh, discuss is the slogan shirt or the political shirt at large. Right. This is a weird phenomenon. I fell down a rabbit hole <laughs> into the history of T-shirts and how much of a scandal it was that people wore t-shirts you're talking about just like t-shirts in mainstream a plain white tee legitimately a plain i was reading this one article that discussed the scandal of stanley from streetcar named desire oh okay when brando plays that character he plays him wearing a white t-shirt and apparently there's like this scandal about it Okay. not so much, you know, not so much like a sexualized scandal, not that Mm -hmm. kind of thing, but just like a, oh, my gosh, that's not proper for someone to. Right. Like a scandal that's breaking a social norm of some kind. Exactly. Exactly. But then it becomes kind of popular. And that's one of the reasons a lot of like the greasers and rebellious kids Mm. of the like 40s and 50s start wearing t-shirts because it's a rebellion against the button down and and the polo which really isn't in style there very weird very interesting i'm not gonna stay down this rabbit hole too long i'm gonna pivot specifically to t-shirts that have slogans or sayings on them okay earliest recorded political t-shirt was actually 1948 Hmm. a governor 
Thomas Dewey had a T-shirt that said, do it with Dewey, do spelled like Mountain Dew uh, to like campaign. OK, they took like a larger or more significant cultural role in the mid 80s when a British um, fashion designer, uh, Catherine Hamnett, uh, used a shirt when she met Margaret Thatcher. So she met the prime minister because she was, you know, a very famous fashion designer. And she wore a T-shirt that said 58 percent don't want Pershing. That's it. That's what it said. And it was it's about the um, that 58 percent of people polled didn't want U.S. to set up a missile base in uh, Pershing. Mm. So it became this kind of catchy thing that people would do as protest. Vietnam War, you know, obviously a little before that, the Cold War, all throughout that, we get these sort of political messages on T-shirts. Mm-hmm. And that gets pretty quickly adopted in the 90s into Christian slogans. There's one, there's a weird controversy about it. I won't get into it because I still haven't untangled it all. But I maybe you remember this, but very famously, like Ashton Kutcher and... uh Paris Hilton wore a shirt that said Jesus is my homeboy. Oh, and it had a very like unlocked. racially ambiguous Jesus. Yeah. There's this really interesting story about like it was part of a fundraiser and supposedly some guy said that that phrase saved his life like legitimately. Yeah, it's it's interesting and weird. But putting that all aside cuz I could fall down that so fast. But the Christian t-shirt came out in the 90s. That's when we see it emerge. As far as I can see, it's the late 80s, early 90s is when this thing starts to get popular. Very much like everything else that Christians do. They took something that gained like the height of popularity about 10 years before it. Yeah. So it was like a lag, like a kind of, yeah. There's like a 10 year lag lag in all Christian culture. Yeah. That's kind of how it works. It's like America with Europe. Yeah. Although maybe, I feel like it's yeah, no. getting farther behind. Yeah, yeah. It's not it's not 10 years anymore. It's more like 20. Yeah. So that's sort of the history of this idea of like the T-shirt that has the slogan on it. And I know that's kind of a broad thing, but I want I thought it was important to point out that T-shirts, particularly T-shirts with slogans and sayings, were initially used as a form of rebellion, revolt, activism, that sort of thing. Yeah. Christians kind of take it and then turn it into advertising for Christianity. Um, Mm -hmm. They would maybe say Christian activism is a phrase they might use. Sure. They'd kind of point out that, oh, you know, Christianity is a counterculture. Heard that phrase so much in Bible college and growing up. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, okay, sure. The dominant religion that you could, you know, just throw a stick at a crowd of people and hit four Christians like. This is America. You can't say that it's the counterculture at this point. Right. I saw an estimate that said that American retailers sell about four and a half billion dollars worth of Christian merchandise and products annually. Wow. A lot of them are spoofs and spinoffs of other commercial logos, um, which are illegal. Like this was this a different sort of parody law. Right. So we talked in in the apologetics episode about the law for parodies and that sort of thing. But when it comes to like registered trademarks or like commercial logos, brand names, things like that, you cannot like fuck with them 
mm-hmm. unless you are making some comment about the company specifically. Like, remember, we talked about that, like, critique being directed at the source material. Mm-hmm. It's a lot looser when it comes to entertainment than when it comes to like marketing and advertisement. Go figure in, in America, right? Like, of course, yeah. the billionaires want to. Makes know, sense. Yeah. But a lot, of, a lot of companies don't pursue lawsuits. In fact, I, I couldn't find a single instance of a corporation suing a Christian t-shirt uh, company because of like copyright infringement or trademark infringement. Does that just come down to like we a bigger, bigger fish to fry? This isn't worth it. Or is it also like a, all advertising is good advertising or like what is there like how are there not repercussions for this? Yeah, I was really interested in that as well. The one person that I saw that offered a speculation, I think, is the strongest speculation. And that is uh, they're either largely not aware because a lot of these are indie companies or small scale companies. So, you know, like seven people might have the same image, but they're all making, you know, only like a few hundred bucks off of it. That kind of thing. The other so that the company might not even be aware of it at all. The other thing Mm -hmm. is they could easily be targeted with like an anti-faith or anti-Christian campaign if they go after these. It's not that it would fly. They wouldn't get held to any sort of like actual legal repercussions, Mm -hmm. but it could impact that. You know how you know how boycott happy the Christian subculture is. Yeah, I didn't know if Milky Way was just like, I mean, people are still thinking about Milky Way. So that's a good thing. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure that's part of it, right? Like, what am I going to complain for you to like use my, you know, some of these you can't even tell until you get really close. Right. But it's something different. Yeah. In some ways, it's what is there to really what are they losing in that? Nothing really. Yeah. The the last thing I wanted to say about the, the 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 marketing and all that is these spoofs and all that stuff are it's estimated that it makes up about a third of that 4.5 billion dollar industry wow this brings us to the third point i want to talk about some of these as cultural artifacts so do you have any that you specifically remember that you vividly remember you talked about the milky way one already are there any ones that really stick out to you i had one as a kid that was in the barbie logo and it said something like i think the b the barbie word was bring and then like underneath it was like the gospel to all or something like that so it wasn't actually barbie but from afar could have passed for barbie (laughs) and it was like bright pink and then i think on the back it had the go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature verse yeah so that's the one i remember the most because it was mine but what's interesting about these parody shirts which kind of reminds me a little bit of our conversations about the songs is that i feel like i remember all of them and yet also don't remember any of them because they just kind of all blend together in my head like i'm picturing all the logos i'm picturing all these different kids at my homeschooling co-op and it's like they're just like a blob of memory but i can't really make out any of them specifically um yeah yeah, they're not memorable but they're memorable I don't know. It's so weird. I The way I've been trying to like figure out how to conceptualize this as well. This is the best I could come up with. Individually, 
they are not memorable and they are not meant to be memorable. Right. But as an idea, as a concept, it's something that we kind of can't escape in our memories. Yeah. Good point. I argue. I want to argue that the reason these are so thoroughly stuck in our memory is that it's kind of indicative of the entire Christian creative culture when we were growing up, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we're going to talk about this in a future episode, hopefully, but human videos are not meant to be novel moments of creativity. You're taking a song that's already been written, that is already successful, and you're doing an interpretive dance that you saw someone else do. Right, right. It's a lot of, it's actually a weird precursor to like, remixing on tiktok and instagram and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um only i don't know it feels less genuine the two that i kept coming across that were talked about as the first or the earliest examples of this were this first one that i'm putting in the google doc would you describe this one says a breadcrumb and fish it's bright yellow has a picture of a fish and then the scripture reference matthew 15 36 through 38 he still works miracles and then i must be getting old because i cannot read that tiny cursive but i'm assuming that that's about the seven loaves of fish or something yeah it's, okay. it's just a, it's just the the bible verse that they're okay yeah yeah what is the logo do you remember is that abercrombie Okay. Yep. It's Abercrombie and Fitch. Which probably would have been much more um also like notice or um easily identifiable in the era, I think. Oh yeah, absolutely. Than it, than it is like it took me a second now, but I like don't see as many people wearing Abercrombie. So No, no, I don't yeah. see that as much. I also remember Abercrombie and Fitch being like controversial, at least in my circles. No, because- it is con- yeah. Oh, okay, go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 go for it. Tell me. No, 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 no. I was going to say there's a documentary about Abercrombie and Finch. And I but I don't remember the Christians being upset for the same reasons. I don't think it's the same reasons. Yeah. What is the documentary reason? Just so I can like weight stigma. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. That had nothing to do with what the Christians were upset about. Uh, the way I always got it was like, oh, you know what? Those boys, their pants ride really low and there's no you can oh. see the hip flexor muscles anyway so there's actually an interesting like pushing back against the like controversial thing in christian eyes and all that uh this is the other one lord's gym and then it has a cartoon jesus with the cross on his back and it says the sin of the world is on the cross as in he's carrying the sin of the world and then it says bench press this at the bottom and i have to be honest this i'm not identifying uh, it's Gold's Gym. Oh, Gold's yep. Gym. Okay. Gold's Gym. Yep. Wow, they really tapped into like every industry. It was not just candy oh, yeah. bars. Yeah. I, okay. My my grandfather had this t-shirt, this exact t-shirt. Oh, that's funny. Oh, I get it. Lord's Gym. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He has another one. I actually still have this t-shirt. And, and the only reason that I still have it was because memories with him. And it's like a sleeping T-shirt like I slept over at their house. And he was like, here, you can wear this for your pajamas. And I kind of just kept it. But but it's like the Harley Davidson thing. Mm -hmm. But it's like a very, very grotesque, bloody Jesus all over it like this. See, we're hardcore. 
Right. Um, it looks like it's taken from like a Bible comic book. Like, yes. Yeah. yeah. So there, those are sort of like the insiders, the earlier ones. Uh, we get to see a few others. I'm going to put up two here. You don't have to go crazy in describing these, but just sort of generically give a, a, like a loose description. Yeah. So the first one is Mount uh, play on Mountain Dew. Jesus meant to die. And it's the verse John 15, 13. The greater love hath no man than this, than he who yeah. laid down his life for his friend. Um, and then Amazing Grace, which is a play on American Idol, I'm assuming. Yep. And it's Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound. I don't need an idol. I have a savior. Um, Boom. Now you know how countercultural I am. I was just going to say that was the first one you showed me that was more of a direct play on. Not only am I going to like, you know, play on this like world thing, but I'm also going to put in a little subtle message of a reminder that my culture superior to your culture. Right. <laughs> and I don't need your culture. Although, like we talked about in the other episode, which is confusing because it's like, if your culture is so great, why are you drawing on mainstream culture? Is this really helping your case? Is it not? all the same it's opening up all the same questions yeah and and i think that's a perfect example of it it's like what are what are you accomplishing here and and like i don't know before i posit my hypothesis what do you think what what is the goal here what are we doing with these rip off t-shirts i'm trying to i think and i think i gave a similar answer in the apologetics episode i'm trying to put myself in the position of christians and i think that at the time, it was one of two things. You were naive enough to think that you were being a witness in mm -hmm. some way. So you were pointing others back to Christ or um, for the more controversial things, you were allowing yourself the opportunity to engage in a fun, worldly thing um, while sort of relinquishing any guilt that would otherwise be attached to it because you have now made it Christ centered. And I'm mm -hmm. assuming that's the same thing that's going on here that, you know, logos are fun. A lot of the things these are, you know, this is referencing our fun and you get this like dual, like I kind of get to blend in with the culture and enjoy this fun thing culture's doing while potentially pointing others back to Christ because in my fabricated world <laughs> that I've created, <laughs> There is a world. It's a world where people will look at my T-shirt and then go home and like look up this verse that's loosely cited on my back. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think that's very well said. I think it's uh, probably more thorough than my uh, metaphoric hypothesis here. I, I just think of like a fishing lure. Yeah. Right. Oh, you like a oh, wait a minute. It's not American Idol, isn't it? Huh? Yeah. Uh, now I now I initiated a con. I see what you did there. Right? Yeah. Like you're pulling people in. And again, I like the like indulging. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I can still be, you know, I just posted another one. There's a, the Nike swoosh and it oh, just yeah. says Jesus, Jesus did, it. did it. Yeah. Right. So instead of just do it, it's Jesus did it. And again, it, it allows you to have that normal like teenage thing of looking, you know, normal American teenage thing of looking for your identity in a brand and the things that that brand is associated with while also not getting in trouble for idolizing something over Jesus. What's perplexing to me is that unlike some of the secular music where it was very clear why Christians should reject it because they're swearing or sexual content or, you know, anti-biblical messages or whatever, 
some of the stuff that the t-shirts are parading are very innocent. I mean, mm-hmm. there's nothing, I mean, what would be Christian's beef really with Nike? This is pre like political messages, right? Or right, right. Mountain Dew, right? I mean, some of right. it is so innocuous that it's like, I'm not sure I even understand why it warrants a Christian revision versus yes. the secular music, which it's so clear why they're doing that. This is like, here's this totally innocent thing. Let's make it extra innocent or something like, I don't know. Yeah. It just seems like these are what, what what's the big deal? You, you know, know I, and I think you're absolutely right. I think it comes down to that, you know, what we've called the Christian MLM mindset where it's like always be Christing, right? Like you everything needs to point back or else it doesn't matter. Right. We were talking uh, last week about the like impetus for excellence. Right. You couldn't just be content in where you are because that's the same as backsliding. Right. You know, you always have to be doing this thing. And I and I think it's I think it's connected to that impulse. Yeah. Um, The last thing I want to just say is I think actually leads to a very harmful uh, impulse that we see now. Just look at this last one that I'm sending you. This last, yeah, this last one says Christian lives matter. And it's like a play on black, like clearly a play on black lives matter. Right. One of the T's in matter is the crucifix. And it's like, okay, so now we're taking this too far, right? Mm -hmm. We went from, all right, fine. You're doing this obnoxious fishing lure thing. This obnoxious, like unidentify as kind of thing. And you're making it worse. Yeah. And there's a lot of these. There's one that says a white, straight, conservative Christian. How else may I offend you? And it's in the Black Lives Matter, like logo Um, font. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, It gets bad. So, you know, thinking about this from a harm perspective, I don't know that in and of itself it's harm, but I think that it's very much like the Babylon Bee at the end of our last episode on this. Mm -hmm. It leads to some really problematic thought processes. Thanks so much for joining us for today's discussion on Oh God, I Forgot About That. We hope you liked our mini episode. If you don't want to miss future conversations, please follow us so you always get notifications on upcoming episode releases. You can also always interact with us between the episodes on sites like Instagram and Facebook. So make sure to search for us and chat with us in those places. And one last thing, and maybe most important, we would be so grateful if you rated the podcast. It keeps us visible. It ensures that other people can hear about us and connect with us. And we would just be so grateful if you could give us our five stars. Thank you so much for joining us on this journey of remembering. And we will talk with you soon. 